Welcome to the Surviving Middle School Podcast. I'm Mike Farah, father of Finnegan, a seventh grader, and Elijah, a fourth grader. And I'm Dee Dee Thomas, mom of two. I've got Charles in seventh grade and Walker in second. We are two New York City parents trying to manage the city and the beautiful struggle of raising kids. And today we are talking about summer school and summer camp. Day camps, sleepaway camps, and is it all worth it? Day camp is when your child gets picked up or you drop them off in the morning and they come home every night, hopefully exhausted, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully by exhausted. the end of the day. And sleepaway camp, where you take your child somewhere, drop them off, and you see them in a week, two weeks, even six weeks later. Those are the two options that we're talking about. And also summer school. Yes, summer school. My experience growing up was I grew up in San Francisco, and we would get out for summer, and we would usually go to Lake Tahoe in the summer. And that was the one place that we really vacationed. Nice vacation. Yes, it was a nice vacation. It wasn't too far. My extended family shared a house. So there were six families that shared a house in Tahoe. Probably two or three families that could stay there at the same time. And my parents would open the door and say, I'll see you later. We would occasionally go to the lake, but we'd mostly hang around the creek. And cousins were, that was our camp, was cousins hanging out with cousins. And then when I got older, I would occasionally go to day camps. There was something called Crusader Camp, where it was a multi-sport day camp at my father's old high school. And I loved it. Oh my God, it was so much fun. We would have different activities. We made different friends. I usually had one or two of my own friends that were going to that camp. And it was a really enjoyable camp, and I looked forward to it every summer. But it was probably one or two weeks that I would go to it, not the whole summer. And I never really went to stay away camp until after my eighth grade year. I was going into high school, and I had never played football before, and I knew I wanted to play football. So I went to a football camp, which was a sleepover camp in Santa Clara, and started to learn the basics of football so that I was ready for football freshman year. And that was a good experience. I don't remember that much about it. I don't remember the relationships I had. In general, when you are in elementary school, you don't get sore from the workouts that you have. But this is the first time I really experienced muscle soreness from running and really, really working out, which was a good feeling to have going into your freshman year. But mostly it was at summer homes. My aunt and uncle had a summer home that had a pool and tennis courts and we would go there. But in general, we were not stay away camp people in part because culturally, stay away camp, we generally associate with the Northeast, with the exception of some of my Jewish friends in California who would go to Jewish camp out in California. Well, I grew up in the South for the most part. We were in Texas, and during the summers, I had to think about this for a while, but I I remember now, my parents would send us back to New Orleans, which is where we were originally from, and we would hop scotch between my grandparents and my aunts for the summer for anywhere from three to four weeks every summer. And then... When we moved to California around my seventh grade year, we did a couple of clinics, tennis camp, soccer camp, but it was never a sleepaway camp. But one experience that I had in sleepaway camp was I went to Christian camp for a week or two. And I remember loving the experience. It was my first time on a horse. And I remember being in in the camp and having the twin beds. And it was just a totally different experience. And I loved it, but I did it one time. And I remember as a kid watching movies like Meatballs and Little Darlings and Parent Trap. And just not 
understanding this culture of kids being away from their parents for the whole summer, but it is definitely in New York City and, and along the coast, it is common for your kids to leave for several weeks at a time. We're not there yet. <laughs> what do you guys do for the summer? Well, I like the idea of camp. I think it gives kids a lot of independence. They have to go into a new situation where they don't know anybody and they have to make new friends, which I think is a great experience for kids to have. And they don't have a short order cook. They have to eat what's presented to them, which I kind of like the idea of them roughing it around the edges. They have to try new things, archery, sailing, singing, dancing, all these things that they would not get if they're spending their summers with me, which is traditionally what my kids do during the summer. We leave the day after school ends and go to California for the summer. And I spend that time living in my parents' house and reconnecting with cousins that we have on the on the West Coast. And we do spend time like I did growing up in Lake Tahoe. We rent a house with my two sisters and my mom uh, and my parents. We go river rafting and we play tennis and basketball and go for hikes and your days are slow and you play board games and there's not a lot of television watching and now we try and take the phones away as much as we possibly can and it's different but raising an urban kid it's unnerving for Finn to be in that type of environment a little bit which yeah. is exactly the reason why I, I try and do it things have changed up a little bit Finn has a strong interest in basketball and so mm -hmm. he's gone to maybe a week or two weeks of basketball camp. Elijah's gone to some one-week cooking camps. He's oh, really, yeah, he goes and he's been to a baking camp and I'll definitely be looking for culinary experiences for Elijah for the summer. But for the most part, they're spending time with me. Mom oftentimes will spend time here in New York. She'll come out and visit us a little bit in California, mm -hmm. but we're away. I also appreciate Parents who told me that they use the time that their kids are in camp to try and work on their marriage and build time to have the two of them together. Yeah. There's a lot of different advantages for camp. One of the disadvantages, obviously, is the cost. The cost. We found a camp for Charles. He went for one week. The price was right for us, but I, he didn't love the experience of that sleepaway camp. So I do want to try again to get him that sleepaway camp experience, but just for a week or two weeks. For the past several years, he's gone to a day camp up in Westchester. Westchester is a suburb of New York City. And it's a, you know, for a city kid, it's like the country almost. And he, he's gone for the past five years at least. And Walker, our seven-year-old, has gone for the past two summers. And literally the bus picks him up almost right outside of our door in the morning and drops him off in the afternoon. And there are about anywhere from eight to 12 kids on that bus every day. He has friends that had been there from his first time at that camp five years ago. And he loves that he has this chance to connect with them every year. They, they now all have phones, so they now text during the year as well. But it's an environment that he has that we're completely not a part of. And I think he likes that. They do all the fun things. He's such a great swimmer. He A lot of it is because they swim twice a day at camp every day. They have archery and, and gaga. And within that camp... It's, he's now one of the seniors, quote unquote, because he's been there so long. So he loves that. And I love that we have to sign something that he has to sign as well that says, I will not bring my phone to camp so that we know that entire day is phone free, which is such a bonus at this point in our lives that he actually is spending eight to 10 hours a day without the phone, even on the bus. So I love that. But I also am thinking that it would be good for him to get a little bit more of that experience of sleepaway camp where he can have a week or two. And that's where I'm at. I think a week or two is as much as I'm personally ready for it at this point for him to be gone, but to really have the independence 
and to meet even more people that are not part of his everyday environment. I love the idea of putting him in, in experiences where he can just thrive, but starting from scratch. So I, I do want us to look at that happening again for him this summer. Well, there's definitely a new experience I'm talking about with Finn, which he is not thrilled about, and that is summer school. When I approached the subject of him attending three weeks of classes after school ends, he was not thrilled about it. But I think that there's two Catholic high schools mm -hmm. that I know of that are providing free summer school and camp for kids who are in seventh grade. Now you have to apply to get in to see if you're accepted into the group. But if you are interested in one of these schools, this is a logical first step to your application is to begin to build your network to get to know some of these teachers and faculty and other kids who would be going to that school to set you up for what your freshman year in high school is like. Now it's one of those conversations, like I said, if you set a long-term goal, you have to set a path to that long-term goal. And he may want to set the long-term goal, but I don't think he wants to do the <laughs> short-term work of three weeks in the summer. So that'll be a battle that I have to uh, fight um, this month because the applications are due in April. Finn's also expressed a strong desire to be let free in New York City and just to play basketball all day long which generally I would be okay with, but I want a little bit more structure for him this summer. So summer school is something I never really did, but it's something I may have scheduled for Finn. I feel like the more that he has that's filling his day, the better for all of us. I love these past few years when he comes home exhausted from a day of camp. And at the end of the summer, there's about two weeks where there is no camp. Camp is over, and it's like you're implied okay, now you take your kids, it's time for you to go have summer with your children for these past, these last two weeks. And just in those two weeks, how quickly he gets off of the routine of literally passing out from exhaustion to staying up later every night and the phone creeps back in. And yes, he goes outside and does things and he plays at the you know basketball courts in our, in our neighborhood and everything. But just those two weeks of unstructured activity it's so evident how quickly that slide comes of the free time and just taking advantage of not having things to do. And I love the idea of him having as much time planned as possible because frankly, it means I don't have to plan it and that Chas doesn't have to plan it. But then it also just keeps them engaged, which works out better for all of us, I think. Yeah, Finn reminded me that all he needs is $2 a day. <laughs> And that's for two slices of pizza oh, and true. access to water. And he's going to go play basketball with his best friends all day long. And I'm like, well, I think we may do a little something a little different than that. But I think that's really all he needs to be happy in this world. $2 in New York City. That's not bad. Yeah, $1 slice, two bros pizza. They can get two slices of pizza and I think he's good. But I think we're going to plan a little something different. And yeah. so I still think we're going to intend to go to California for a little bit. Have and you guys ever considered sleepaway camp? My wife, Maya, was not a camper either. And it's one of these rites of passages that's handed down. If you went to Camp Winnemucca, your kid goes to Camp Winnemucca because those were the best relationships and the best times of your life was yeah. at that camp. And so it's something that your kids are developing relationships with your best friend's kids oftentimes as well. And you want those connections to keep going. And since neither one of us had those experiences, I don't really think it. We've thought about it. In part because I like the idea of multiple activities. 
that Finn learns new things about camping, sleeping outdoors, making new friends. But I think that we also have some apprehension of sending our child to basically a sleepover with somebody where we don't know the children and we don't know the kids who are really managing that event. Obviously, you've heard the worst case scenarios, but it concerns us a little bit. And that's a legitimate concern, but that's probably my own fear that I need to get over. And I'm sure that he would be fine, but it's not something It still exists in the back of our head. Yeah, it's, I do remember that one time that we drove up to the camp that we were sending Charles to, and we made the decision. He was going to the camp, and all the, the thoughts run through your head of, from is his counselor going to be nice to Is his counselor going to be abusive? Is he going to be injured or hurt? And I remember having to sign the medical waiver authorizing them to treat our child if anything yeah. <laughs> happened, and just being like, okay, I have to sign this document because we won't be here, but... Is he going to be okay? And knowing that, yes, he'll be okay. And if not, they will treat him. They'll give him the aspirin if he has a headache. And most importantly, I remember approving Benadryl if he got the mosquito bites because all of that was part of camp. And, and worrying about, is he going to come home with ticks? You know, just things like that. And he came back and none of the horrible things that you dream about happen. Mind you, they do happen. And not at every camp. We sent him to a YMCA camp, which... I did feel like they will do the homework to make sure that the kids that are there are safe and that the people that are working with them have background checks and so that there aren't any obvious red flags. I remember meeting his camp counselor and it was a 18 year old who had been at that camp growing up and had come through the ranks but now was overseeing these kids. It was just this like, wow, I'm three hours away and everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. And it was. And I remember we emailed him they give you like these ideas on what to do when to send the packages mind you he was gone for a week and (laughs) he had cookies and fruit snacks we had stuff for him every day and of course all the other kids brought stuff too and then we had stuff that we sent that it would arrive during the week like he came home with food but just because you didn't want him to not have snacks at nine o'clock at night who, who gets snacks at 9 o'clock at night? It's crazy. But we emailed him and we sent pictures. And so he had so much interaction with us because we didn't want him to ever be lonely or to think that we weren't thinking about him. But it was that one experience. And I, I want him to try it again and just meet more people and have another great experience. Yeah. A couple of things I had to do during the summer. One is I had to do my community service during the summer. So oh, when I was in high school, I had to do 100 hours of community service before I graduated from high school. So one of the things that wow. I, yeah was so one of the things we did was become camp counselors. And the other thing is I did during the summers was I worked at the family store. We sold school uniforms and worked in the store a little bit. And so eventually I'd like that to be part of Finn's routine about beginning the summer and that he's probably three or four years away from beginning the grind of working somewhere they already have visions of where they want to work and you have to learn things about being on time and I remember having those jobs we did not take European vacations or Mexican vacations or go travel a whole lot most of our travel was interstate and it's interesting to see now how much your experience reflects the experience you grew up with so it'll be interesting to see if we venture out I think we've have some desires to travel with the boys. I wanted to wait till they're a little bit older before they go to Europe so that they could enjoy and appreciate it a little bit more. And we have that as a goal for one of these summers is to get over to Europe, especially while we are living on the East Coast. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that about the family vacations because growing up, when we were in Houston, our vacations meant 
literally going back to New Orleans, which is a six-hour drive where our family was. When we moved to California, we made that trip to New Orleans a lot less, but we did travel up and down the coast. We lived in Bakersfield, and I don't want to diss Bakersfield on this podcast, but the one great thing about Bakersfield... Oh, I can't wait to hear this. ...is that it was a three- to four-hour drive to every other part of California. Yeah, that is so, true. You were right in the middle of the state. So that was... I remember like the first time we went to San Francisco, and even... Fresno was a, we went to Fresno for vacation. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Fresno. We're going to Fresno. It was, you know. Sure, it was, it was an adventure. Everything was like, an adventure. I'm driving to Las Vegas. We did those road trips. Well, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast about summer is because if you're making decisions about the summer, this is the time you've got to do it. Now are the decisions you have to make about travel or about camp and all the other things that you need to do this summer. So begin planning. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Help us keep this conversation going and send us your questions to survivingmiddleschoolpod at gmail.com or visit us at survivingmiddleschoolpod.com. Check back with us in a few weeks or subscribe for our latest installment of Surviving Middle School.